Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. If you're tuning in for the first time, here's the deal. Every weekday, we're telling the stories of women from around the world and throughout history who you may not know about but definitely should. Each month is themed. This month, we're talking about troublemakers. We're covering stories from across a spectrum, from women who made good trouble, to women who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Women, just like men, have played good and bad roles in human history. To gloss over women who we may find less than inspiring is to accept a diminished and inaccurate place in the historical record. Today's episode is about a villain. If you're listening with young children, you may want to sit this one out. Our woman of the day today was a Japanese murderer from the 1930s who was convicted of killing her lover. Her case became a national sensation in Japan where it took on mythic associations and captured the minds of a country in the ramp up to World War II. Her story has since been adapted and interpreted by filmmakers, artists, novelists, and philosophers. They've depicted it as emblematic of a woman trying to follow her own desires in a society built on false morality and oppression. We're talking about Sada Abe. Sada Abe was born in May 1905 in Tokyo, Japan, to middle-class parents. She was the youngest of seven children, all but three of whom died during childhood. At that point in time, Japanese society still put considerable stock in the gender norms of the former feudal caste system, in which women were expected to play a subservient or secondary role. Sada's older brother, Shintaro, was a well-known ladies' man who was constantly stealing from the family to pay for his lavish lifestyle. This their parents mostly tolerated. But when Sada's older sister, Teruko, was accused of promiscuity, 
Their father sold Taruko into indentured servitude in a licensed brothel. There, Taruko languished for two years until their father bought her out of her remaining contract. This was apparently a common punishment for daughters of the middle class who went astray. When Sada was 14, she was sexually assaulted by an acquaintance. Though her family was initially supportive, society in general was not. And the trauma and subsequent depression eventually led Sada to drop out of school. She found work as a maid, but was accused of theft, leading to her first run-in with the police. Fed up with yet another wayward daughter as he saw it, Sada's father arranged to sell Sada into service in a geisha house in Yokohama. At 17 years old, Sada was too old to become a full geisha, as geisha training generally began in the early teen years. Still, she was popular with clients. Three or four years later, at the age of 21, Sada contracted syphilis. The disease was incurable at the time, but Sada was legally allowed to continue working as a geisha as long as she submitted to regular health checks. These health checks were generally only required of state-licensed sex workers known as shogis and not geisha, who weren't explicitly sex workers. When Sada realized she now faced the same requirements as shogis, but for less pay, she decided to leave the geisha house and join their ranks. Unfortunately, Sada quickly learned that shogis earned more, but their lives were much worse. Shogis didn't have the protections geishas did and were subject to significantly more brutality. Sada took out her revenge on disrespectful clients by stealing from them, but was eventually caught and punished. Following her punishment, Sada attempted to get out of sex work, but the brothel owner soon tracked her down and dragged her back to finish out her contract. In 1932, Sada's contract with the brothel finally ended. She decided to remain in the sex industry as an illegal, unlicensed sex worker known as a shisho. This allowed her to pick her own clients and gave her much more control over her life. That same year, Sada's mother died, and Sada traveled back to Tokyo for the funeral, where she reconciled with her father. She decided to move back to Tokyo full-time in order to be closer to him. Two years later, he fell ill, and Sada nursed him through his final days. A few years later, Sada moved to Nagoya, where she got a job as a maid in a local restaurant. There, she had an affair with the restaurant's owner, who convinced her that opening a restaurant of her own would allow her control over her life. In 1936, Sada moved back to Tokyo to take a job as an apprentice in a restaurant called the Yoshidaya. The head chef and owner, a notorious womanizer named Ishida Kichizo, quickly convinced Sada to begin an affair with him. Almost immediately, the two became deeply infatuated with each other and spent nearly two weeks straight together in a local hotel. When Kichizo finally had to leave to check on the restaurant, Sada was distraught. She drank heavily and went to a play to distract herself. The play, called New Tales of the Erotic, featured a scene in which a geisha kills her lover with a knife to prevent him from leaving. According to Sada, she was deeply affected by the scene. 
The next day, she went to a hardware store and bought a large knife of her own. When Kichizo returned to Sada three days later, she introduced the knife as a prop for erotic foreplay. The two then began experimenting with erotic asphyxiation using the sash from Sada's kimono. Sada and Kichizo spent the next week together in a hotel, with Sada becoming increasingly infatuated with her new lover. On the eighth day of their sojourn, Kichizo told Sada more about his home life, particularly about his children and how much he loved them. The conversation led Sada to realize that Kichizo was deeply devoted to his family and would never leave them to start a new life with her. That night, while Kichizo slept, Sada strangled him to death with her kimono sash. She then fell asleep beside him. When she woke up the next morning, she cut his genitals off with the knife, left a message that read, Sada and Ishida Kichizo are alone, and then fled. When Kichizo's body was found the next morning, the story immediately became front-page news, and the police started a highly publicized manhunt for Sada. Sada suddenly became the real-life embodiment of many of Japanese society's greatest fears surrounding women and their slowly expanding place in society, particularly with regard to the perceived dangers of unbridled female sexuality. People across Japan reported sightings of Sada. One mistaken sighting in a Tokyo shopping mall led to a stampede and mass panic. But Sada hadn't left the city she was holed up in another hotel under a false name. Sada's arrest was highly publicized. She immediately confessed to the police, and her highly detailed confession was quickly transcribed and published, becoming a nationwide bestseller. Sada was sentenced to six years in prison for second-degree murder and mutilation of a corpse. She was released in 1941. Following World War II, Japanese society was in complete disarray. Many of the social norms that had governed Japan for centuries began to disintegrate. One major component of this was the advent of greater rights, freedoms, and empowerment for women, including finally getting the vote in 1946. This social realignment also led to a revisiting of Sada's case. People then developed a more nuanced view of Sada, Rather than seeing her as pure villain, they also saw her as a victim of male exploitation and deteriorating mental health. Writers of the period, including Sakaguchi Ango, cast her as a sort of feminist hero. In 1947, a novel called The Erotic Confessions of Abe Sada was released. The book portrayed Sada as an erotic sadist and was based on her confessions to police. In response, Sada published her own memoirs, and they became immediate bestsellers. She then spent several years touring around Japan in a play based on her life and crime. For the next few decades, Sada's story continued to inspire new films, plays, and books, including two famous 1970s arthouse films called A Woman Called Sada Abe and In the Realm of the Senses. The last recorded sighting of Sada was in 1971, By that time, she was in her late 60s, living as a Buddhist nun in the Japanese countryside. 
This month, we're talking about troublemakers, the good and really bad kinds. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you on Monday. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.